Wednesdays with Walton. It has been here since day number one of scoopswithdannymac.com. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. The appetite for minor league baseball and Cardinal baseball is huge here in St. Louis and throughout the Midwest and really throughout the country. We get downloads from all over the place, literally all across the world. And that's uh, many thanks to Brian Walton, who covers the Cardinals minor league system and also the St. Louis Cardinals. Read his site. It's tremendous at thecardinalnation.com. And as always, we're brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. Hey, Brian, good morning to you. How are things going? Great, Dan. And, you know, that opening was very appropriate because yesterday, June 1st, marked our third anniversary of these weekly podcasts where we cover all things Cardinals with a focus on the minor league system. And it's been a very exciting journey, and I hope the next three years and beyond are even more fun. Absolutely. And that's amazing considering um, no minor league season and, you know, baseball with the truncated season. We do it in the offseason. We haven't missed one, have we? No, we haven't. And, you know, there's always news to talk about. Uh, in the off season, there's prospects, there's winter ball. So even when there's not baseball being played, there's always plenty of news to share. And our regular listeners know, and, uh, you know, we thank you all for downloading and listening to these uh, discussions every week. So there's a lot to get into concerning the minor leagues, but I do want to ask you about the game last night in Los Angeles. That was a thrilling game. I mean, the defense in the sixth inning with Carlson, Edmund, and then the play by Tyler O'Neill to finish the game. Uh, you're, you're getting a little bit of everything on this road trip from Tyler O'Neill. It was just a thrilling game. That was a great game in June for Major League Baseball. It felt like a playoff game, and I know that term can be overused, but, I mean, you got a close game. The Cardinals are taking that lead into the seventh inning, and you feel pretty good. You've got your top guys in the pen. Gallegos gives up the crucial home run and the momentum switches. And then the Cardinals, you know, continue that great defense. And let's not forget Edmundo Sosa, who has just done a tremendous job filling in, you know, for Paul DeYoung with that big hit to put the Cardinals back ahead. And then, of course, you know, O'Neill capped it all with that tremendous catch, which, of course, was really a game swinger. If that ball had gotten down, the outcome would have been likely different. Yeah, Dave Roberts said we at least tie the game, probably win the game, and it was a great catch by O'Neill. So the defense was very good last night. You mentioned Edmundo Sosa. When you were watching him in the minor leagues, give me the kind of uh, report you would put together in watching Sosa come up being uh, developed by St. Louis. Always a glove guy, but you know now showing at the major league level. So what did you see in the minor leagues? Yeah, Edmundo Sosa, again, always a strong defender. The question was going to be whether he was going to show enough plate discipline to, to be a major league regular. The Cardinals did something with him a couple of years ago, which I think was very wise, and that is they expanded his defensive versatility. They had him play some third base. They had him learn second base, where primarily he had been just a shortstop. Um, not unlike what they did with Tommy Edmond, in fact. And the right combination of events finally came into place this year where Edmundo Sosa was really out of minor league options. Because if, you know, if we go back to spring training, you'd say, wow, Jose Rondon played really well. He might've deserved to make the team at that time. Moroff played really well, but Sosa had to be on the roster because otherwise the Cardinals would have had to expose him to waivers. And, you know, he's now got that maturity. He used to play a little bit reckless, frankly, and he's much more under control now Edmundo Sosa we're talking about. And, you know, he's a guy that even when Paul DeYoung comes back, is going to be a guy who's going to earn his at-bats and time, you know, in on, on the Cardinals roster. And I don't know if that means 
we're going to see more of Edmund in the outfield or, or what it means, but Edmundo Sosa has shown he belongs in the major leagues. Absolutely. Uh, I love what you do now that minor league baseball is back. You kind of rank the top 50 as we go throughout the year, and there's a re-ranking all the time because some guys emerge and improve, some guys don't. So you have re-ranked uh, the, the prospects in terms of the top 50 at thecardinalnation.com. What do you have going on right now with that, Brian, and the re-rankings? Yeah, what we do every year, we have a big set of rankings that occur during the offseason. And myself and, and Matt Thompson for Prospect Live go through a lot of debate and analysis and tools analysis and futures and all that. And, and they're, they're our anchor. They're our core. But then during the season, we look at guys who are emerging, who maybe we overlooked or maybe some guys we overrated. And so around the middle of the month, we re-rank the top 50 each month through the season. And for May, a couple of a handful of players have moved up with very good starts this year. And uh, Andre Palante, a right-hander at Springfield, uh, was a draftee in 2019, so didn't have a, much to show, but has done really nicely in the double-A rotation. Just last night, in fact, he uh, went five strong, strong innings uh, for Springfield. Uh, Jordan Walker, of course, the third baseman who was the first-rounder last year, we moved him up ahead of Zach Thompson, number four in our rankings right now, because Walker was off to a tremendous start, both with his stats, but also the Cardinals shared some batted ball metrics that showed, you know, Walker was hitting the ball at elite levels and, you know, a guy down in, in uh, low class A in his first professional experience. Now the downside is Walker uh, has uh, suffered a hand injury about 10 days ago. They didn't put him on the injured list right away. Uh, it, we, it was said that they didn't think it was that serious, but now they have put him on the injured list. So, Jordan Walker isn't playing currently, but he looks to be, you know, again, in the early going, uh, a very good uh, all-around candidate, offensive candidate. And, and right now, you know, he's right after Gorman and Herrera in the top offensive prospects in the system. How about the other uh, the top prospects that you still have, though, in that top five? It's always good just to kind of see where they're at in terms of what they've been doing this season. So you got five and four. Who else do you have? Well, um, number I said uh, five is Thompson, four is Walker, yep. three is Yvonne Herrera, who's got his first extended taste of double A, and he's uh, got an OPS in the 700s, I think right around 800. So he's performing credibly. For him, the issue isn't offense, but to continue to get more defensive reps, um, you know, not unlike Andrew Kisner at that point in his career. So the hope is that Herrera will master double A here maybe in the first half of the season and get some triple A experience later in the year or so. You know, he could potentially be in the picture next year. Uh, number two prospect is Matthew Libertor, who has left Springfield and is participating in the uh, Team USA uh, tri candidate uh, qualifying round for the Olympics. Uh, he pitched in, uh, I believe, on uh, Sunday and, uh, you know, pitched very, very well, had a good, strong start. And so this is a nice broadening experience for Matthew Libertor, who is, as a lot of people listening to this already know, made the jump from low class A in 2019 all the way to AAA in 2021. So Libertor, if you look at the sort of this in, uh, informal race between Libertor and Thompson, Libertor is off to the, to the much better start right now. And then, of course, the top prospect in the system is the guy who took over when Dylan Carlson graduated, um, no longer uh, you know, considered a rookie in terms of prospect analysis. And that's Nolan Gorman, who started off the season first three weeks or so playing third base exclusively. Now he's getting in the mix with regular time at second base at double A. And as we've talked about many times for Nolan Gorman, the key will be for him to hit his bat will bring him to the major leagues. And again, sort of like Herrera, I think the hope is that he 
will not spend the entire season in double A. And if we, you know, we look back to Dylan Carlson, that's what Carlson did in, in 2019. He spent a lot of the season. He spent enough time in double A to be, you know, the player of the league in the, in the Texas league. And then at the end of the season, move up to triple A. So that's the hope for both Gorman and Herrera that they master Springfield. And we see them in Springfield before the year's out. Excuse me. We see them in Memphis before the year's out. Hey, Brian, with, with Gorman, um, and it's been talked about so much with the addition of Nolan Arenado that Nolan, uh, either the DH comes into major league baseball in the national league, or he's going to have to play other positions. So, and I love reading your recaps at thecardinalnation.com. I haven't seen a lot on this, and maybe you can shed some light, but how has he been faring, whether he plays second base, and I'm not sure if he's played any outfield, but in terms of just, you know, shifting around defensively, what what have you heard about that? Um, no issue so far. He's made some very strong plays at third base, yeah. and that's still his home. And, you know, when I, I don't know, maybe it was you, Dan, that had a discussion with Michael Gersh about this, and you know, the view is you never know what's going to happen with injuries and, and other factors. And so they don't want Gorman to atrophy his skills at third base to, to you know, to, to diminish in any way. They still want him as a third baseman. But the second base is really what he's focusing on now. While there's been talk in the longer term about first base or outfield, those don't seem to be on the table right now. And again, you know, you really don't want to distract Gorman from his primary job, which is to continue to progress toward the major leagues. I, I got to wonder, I don't think it would happen. I do have to wonder, though, what kind of at least talk the Cardinals would have said to, do we even think about bringing up a Matthew Liberator after the injury to Jack Flaherty? Now, you've already talked about it. You hit it on the head. And I, I've tried to temper expectations when you make a jump from A ball to triple A and had no season last year. I mean, you got to pump the brakes, right? It, it's just, you got to do that. But I do have to wonder if it was on the table at all and just being talked about, do we think about doing something like this or another pitcher from the minor leagues? Because the Cardinals have been hit hard uh, with the injury bug, obviously, with the pitching. Yeah, I mean, let's you know, let's talk about that. The, the reality is, I don't want to say the cupboard's bare, but right. there's not, there are not a lot of guys knocking on the door in AAA in the rotation right now. The Memphis team ERA is around six, and, and part of that is, and really, it's across the system. The pitching is really struggling this year. And so, you know, you got guys like Tommy Parson and Angel Rondon. Thompson's off to a rough start. You know, there, there aren't a lot of guys knocking on the door. And that's why when Mike Schill was asked about it, you know, he didn't rule out the possibility of taking Daniel Ponce de Leon and or Jake Woodford, who are guys who are more proven starters and maybe stretch them out to help fill this backfill in the rotation. Because after Oviedo, I'm not sure there's anybody ready to come up right now and start. Yeah, and that's the the problem right now for the Cardinals. I love what you do, too. Every month you got players and pitchers of the month, so it gets you caught up with some of the guys that are really making a move and have done something uh, noteworthy to catch many uh, of, of the folks with the Cardinals their attention. So they do their own prospects in terms of pitcher, player of the month, but you do as well. You dive into it. Who do you have this month? Yeah, and the, the difference between what we do and what the Cardinals do, obviously the goal is the same, which is to recommend the top pitcher and the top uh, position player each month. But the Cardinals tend to orient their selections around the top prospects who are the top players. In our case, we look at everybody's stats. We consider them equally. Age, level, doesn't matter. As opposed to you know, prospect ranking, age and level and all, they're very, very important. But in terms of the month, you look at the stats and you lay them out and you see what they tell you. And in the month of May, the top pitcher in the Cardinals system was a, a very promising starter who was ranked in our system, Jake Walsh. 
but he fell off the radar after 2018 because he had an arm injury that led to Tommy John surgery in 2019. He missed all of last year. He's come back. Jake Walsh as a reliever at double a uh, 1.29 ERA uh, 19 strikeouts against his four walks and 14 innings. And he's a guy that uh, manager Jose Leon at Springfield is using to finish games for him. They haven't had a lot of closing opportunities in Springfield because the team's something like, I don't know, six and 18 or something, but Jake Walsh, done a very fine job and he's reinventing himself now. And he's a guy that could definitely move up the, the hierarchy to potentially help St. Louis maybe later in the year. Uh, the other pitcher that had an ERA under two last month was Levi Prater. And he's a left-hander from Oklahoma that the Cardinals drafted uh, last, last year. And in five starts, Prater struck for, for um, Loe Peoria, Loe Palm Beach, excuse me, Prater struck out 34 batters in 20 and a third innings. Wow. 34 batters in 20. So that's tremendous. Now, on the other side of the coin, Prater also walked 20 batters in 20 <laughs> innings. So, I mean, that's why the guy's in Class A. He's 22 years old. He's getting his first uh, professional experience, but a solid 1.77 ERA. And then Andre Palante, who was the name I threw out at Double A, uh, he was drafted in 2019. He posted a 2.01 ERA for Springfield. So, there's some good young pitchers right now who are showing themselves and there's lots of opportunity, I think, for guys to move up given some of the cha- the general challenges that pitching is seeing across uh, the Cardinal system. Absolutely. Uh, hey, Brian, I'll wrap it up with a couple more things. Uh, we know the injury bug has hit the Cardinals. Really, it's hit Major League Baseball. And yes, there's pitchers getting hurt, but there's a lot of position players getting hurt too. And the injury bug, you think it's bad at the Major League level, we thought it might happen. It's really happening in the minor leagues, isn't it? It really is, Dan. I mean, the nine players at the for St. Louis on the injured list, but another dozen between Memphis and Springfield, six on each roster, guys on the shelf. And you mentioned outfield. You know, we know about Bader's uh, out right now. O'Neal was out earlier, um, Lane Thomas. So right now Memphis has basically their starting outfield is all on the injured list. Austin Dean, Scott Hurst, both of whom we've seen in St. Louis, and Lars Newtbar, who – just about was our player of the month in, in May and probably would have been if he hadn't gotten hurt. And then there's another uh, injured outfielder, Chase Pinder down at Springfield. So it's just hard right now to find guys healthy. Uh, Memphis is carrying four catchers, including a guy they got from the independent leagues. And a couple of those guys are actually playing in the outfield to try to cover just to get players to, you know, healthy to play the games. Absolutely. Uh, what are you working on right now at thecardinalnation.com? And I, I, I tell fans all the time, you have to dit, get this. Log, it's very affordable. There's a lot of free articles that come along with it. You will be able to catch up with your favorite player in the minor leagues or find out about the Cardinals and what's happening in the minor league system. There's such an appetite for it. So what are you working on right now? And there's daily articles every single day at thecardinalnation.com. Yep, multiple articles every day, from not only from ourselves, but also we have local reporters in each of the minor league cities. So we have in-depth recaps from Palm Beach, Peoria, Springfield, and Memphis uh, during the week. Uh, our, today, our player of the month coming up, Alec Burleson, who's an outfielder the Cardinals drafted last year, has already moved up from Springfield, excuse me, from uh, Peoria to Springfield, uh, 19 RBI in 21 games, just a solid uh, OPS over 1,000. And, uh, and, of course, we have recaps of minor league games every morning, so you can quickly go to one place, click on the box score, read the details about who performed well across the Cardinal system the day before. Awesome stuff, Brian. Thank you. Three years. Happy anniversary. Uh, this has been so much fun, and 
I owe you a, a huge debt of gratitude for doing this every Wednesday and working around my crazy schedule. You have a crazy schedule and uh, just very thankful of our friendship and what you do and provide Cardinal fans. And thanks for doing this every Wednesday. I, I truly do appreciate it. Hey, we do what we love. And it's, it's great that the, all of you out there listening uh, enjoy this and see value in it. That's Brian Walton, thecardinalnation.com. And we will talk to him next Wednesday.